1: Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7am Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has work to do. Robbie, L, I'll start with you. Mm. What are your concerns, or what should his concerns be?
2: It's a mixed bag, Rebecca, that Manchester United don't control games well enough for, for the full period. When we see Liverpool, when we see Manchester City, teams at the top of the table, they control the football matches. Manchester United allowed Southampton back into it. In the end, Southampton were looking to, to go and get a second goal. Before the, the game kicked off, one draw, one win, one loss. Weren't sure which one was going to be two today. Was it going to be two wins, two draws? two It's two draws, which tells you it's a mixed bag. I know it's a team in transition, but Manchester United still have to get results while they're going through the change.
1: What's your headline for Manchester United's performance today?
2: Um,
3: I, I, see th- I see that people are going to want to be knee-jerk and really concerned because you do. You have to tie it to bad results at the end of last year, but... The performances aren't as bad as the points they're picking up. And it will take time. And listen, you don't have a lot of time to get it right. I just think it almost hurt them that they went up a man. For the last half an hour, and that's why Hazanota was so excited. I say it's a good result because they almost felt like they won. But it made them more compact, and they forced predictable crosses and, and low-percentage shots. But they created enough chances to get out of here. They missed a penalty in another game. You know, De Gea makes a save. They have more points. So it's just I don't look at the points and say I'm worried about United. They've got to fix some things, but I see progress from last season.
1: And they are continuing, Manchester City and Liverpool, Kyle, where they left off last season. It's as though the summer never happened. <laughs> I
3: know, as you were. And um, somehow they're taking it to another level, too. I mean, they, they, they feel at, at... And every season, it takes teams to get up to that, that gear, get up to that, you know, get rid of the the, the sand in between your toes and and the, the off-season cobwebs. Both of them look in championship form at this point. And what's interesting is, is the chasing pack doesn't look like they can keep up anywhere close to the, where they could keep up last year. And they weren't even in their rearview mirror last year. I mean, it's just entertaining. It's spectacular so far.
1: Would you rather be a Liverpool fan or a Manchester City fan four games in?
2: Liverpool. I think they're chasing Rebecca. What's different from last season? Liverpool won the Champions League, City won the title. They've won something together. We were at, we were at the training ground just before the start of the season. There was a seriousness, there was a hunger. There was a camaraderie about that group that just told me that this team are really destined to go as far as they can this time.
1: Okay, it does look again like a two horse race in the Premier League. But let's just bring in what we just saw there, Robbie L. Are you yeah. concerned at all with Sadio Mane's anger at uh, Mo Salah for not passing to him and not squaring to him for him to score? A little bit
2: reaction, Rebecca. And Graham Lasso picked it up perfectly in commentary where Salah stared down, uh, Mane stared down Salah. Then we have this situation where, listen, it shows he's invested, he's had a few weeks off and he wants to be in the team and he wants to be scoring goals. But you just have to be careful, Rebecca, that this thing doesn't just tip over in any way. Firmino's trying to calm him down there. The, the front three is so, so important to this team. Jurgen Klopp was smiling there. I would expect him to go in and deal with that. Whatever needs to be said, whoever needs to apologise, whatever handshakes have to happen, I think it's important that that happens before they get on the coach, because if you start getting any kind of bad feeling around a team, it can be disastrous.
1: Mane had already got on the goal scoring sheet today. Mo Salah hadn't scored. They were winning 3-0, should Salah have passed to him, or was he right to feel angry?
3: Um, Listen, Salah shouldn't pass to anyone, really, when you think about how good he is. And I understand the frustration. And I was on teams where fistfights happen in training in a season that everyone was playing well and everyone gets along. And typically, these things happen behind closed doors. I'll tell you, it wasn't today. This is an accumulative thing that I would say... Sala gets a lot more praise, a lot more accolades, and doesn't have to run or track as much as Mane does. And Firmino's always in between them, and the good and the bad and the ugly. I will say that Sergio Aguero got into it with Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. last week, and people wanted to look into that. Aguero scoring again today. That's already done and dusted. I, I-, I think this is just competitive guys. It could be mm-hmm. kids sometimes, but I'm not all that worried about it.
1: Describe the different problems that Chelsea and Manchester United are facing right now. <laughs>
3: um... Well, you know, it's two two returning legends, so that's kind of the only similar thing in that uh, the expectations on Manchester United, in a strange way, as successful as they are, the most successful English team of all time, it's almost like they don't expect to win much. And And here's Chelsea that expect to win every single season or you lose your job. So it's a recalibration of the expectations of both teams where we haven't seen either trust youth. In, in the In the previous few seasons, both are trusting youth, but in kind of different ways and, and I would say if I was picking a project that you could feel excited about, even though they're both disappointing this season so far. You know, Chelsea, there's just bright young players. Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming back, uh, Hudson-Odoi coming back. You know, I, I kind of... Frank's got a little more time to get it right than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does. Do you agree, Robbie?
2: I think they're both clubs through change, back, and through change, there's young players who come into the situation. You can't get experience unless you go through some of these things, and the saying is, if you want to have a rainbow, you have to have rain. Some of these players will have to go through some difficult times, and they're not going to be replaced. They're going to play again next next week and they're going to learn and that's what we, we've got to hope that in six seven weeks from now if we're still saying the same things then there's a problem but if they're learning from the mistakes almost learning on the job then it could be a good thing for both these And, and there's positives forward. with
3: both groups mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like just just hold on mm-hmm. a second I know we love being knee jerk and everyone does and it's short term in this world right now but both they're showing positive signs
4: of moving forward Jürgen you said before the match it's a unique test in this league that you faced what did you make of the way your players came through it
5: Brilliant, <laughs> they did really well. Um, you saw the game, It's uh, so many 50-50 situations because of the many long balls, but we we had, we had direction today in the game as well, so we uh, we played as well, uh, early balls in behind, tried to go for second balls, um, played in, in moments really, really good football, had triangles on the wing, <laughs> passing options, um, runs, offers, everything was there, of course the first goal, <laughs> Maybe Trent will tell us he wanted it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a little disappointed to know that it had gone down as an own goal. Kidding. Not my decision, but yeah, that's what they've decided. Premier League. I've ruined it now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> how, how is that possible? <laughs> well, it takes a deflection off Chris Wood's back. I don't know if you knew that. Okay, okay, oh, good. They so do anyway, what they want. Um, um, yeah, good. Um, but uh, okay, they I mean, were a bit lucky with the own goal. Um, but anyway, uh, we forced that situation. And um, second goal, winning the ball, and a sensational counter attack. Fantastic finish of Sadio. A brilliant pass of Bobby as well. So, um, and control the game as much as you can because with the set pieces, and when Poe has the ball, yeah. it's long, it's to the wood, and um, um, Balse fights fight so. Hard for these balls, is unbelievable. What the last line did today was was incredible. How we defended that, completely clear, no fouls really there. Physically yes, but not aggressive as well, but not um, overly aggressive. That was brilliant, and yeah, everybody worked, worked uh, it socks off, and um, that was um, important. You have to to show the respect for the opponent with the attitude you you put in a game like this, and uh, showing a game like this, and that was brilliant. I, I really loved the game. On Sadio, what was he
4: so unhappy about? When he, you know, what I'm going to say, what was he so unhappy about? Not really seeing him like that when he came
5: off. Oh, Sadio's an emotional guy, and it's good to be individuals individuals So we are all like this, and then something went not exactly like he wanted, obviously, and uh, was not the substitution. It was a pass he might have wanted to receive, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but we 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 clarified it, on how we always do in the in the dressing room, of course. So that's all what we want to say about that.
1: Interesting. Sounds Mm. like they've obviously talked about it in the dressing room. uh, Jurgen Klopp saying, it wasn't me, it wasn't the substitution, it was because (laughs) Salah didn't pass to him. We'll see if that has any after-effects. What impressed you most today about Liverpool, Robbie?
2: That the challenge of Burnley, Becker, Burnley are the Premier League's disruptors. They make games messy, they make it ugly, they play a certain way. And that Liverpool, and and Jurgen Klopp alluded to it there, stood up to that. He said they were brilliant They dealt with the balls over the top. They generally dealt with the the physicality. And they came out on top. Their football came out on top. And there's a new resilience to Liverpool that we've not always seen in the past. There's always this kind of game where you go, Liverpool away from home, we'll draw this or or lose this. This Liverpool team win it. And the clean sheet was important today.
1: I was going to mention that. The clean sheet that they hadn't got all season. People have been talking about Adrian in goal. The defence maybe not as good as last season. For you, how important was that?
3: Massive. And also because it gives them more time to get Allison back. As as good as as Adrian's playing, I think he knows when Allison's healthy, he's going to have to step aside at some point. So it's a team effort where Oxley chamberlain is now coming back in and and had to go on for Henderson today. And that's the depth that they didn't really rely on last Mm -hmm. year. But also last year, I felt like there were a lot of times where we watched Liverpool and, and it was a bit frenetic. It was a bit can someone come up with something special? And they made it through games that way. It's different. Control. They controlled the game for so many moments today and I remember George Henson said to us when we we're at Melwood he said listen we have to perform better because we can't rely yeah. on those moments where we eke out results that was not an eked out result
1: okay comprehensive victory for Liverpool today let's take you back to our commentary team we are still at turf Moore, Graham Lasseau alongside Arlo White chaps the perfection continues for Jurgen Klopp's men
2: it does
6: Graham which player? They've got so many stars, Liverpool. Which player is really impressing you at the moment? Uh, Fabinho. Um, he, I've been waxing Liverpool about Fernandinho at Manchester City for, for many years now, and just his importance and significance in that City team. And I think Fabinho's become, become that player very quickly for Liverpool. Today, with uh, Burnley playing with two strikers... Uh, Liverpool split them with the two centre-backs and Fabinho would drop in and, and become the playmaker. He got forwards when he needed to. His passing was exceptional. And I just think he's really just the the metronome in that midfield now. And he gets that team going and he's so versatile, so clever. I think he's going to be a really important player for them this season. Tough one to answer at this stage of the season. But are, are they already better than they were last season? <laughs> I think they... They've got something about them this year that I didn't see last year. Maybe because last year f- still felt very new and fresh and, and, and that was their blueprint. I think this season they look even stronger at the moment. I think the quality of each player, the performance of each player and the depth of the squad with all those players that have come back. There's just something about them that I think they're really in their groove. Uh, you were keeping a close eye as I was watching the play on Mane and <laughs> Salah. Are you concerned? No, not at all. Storm in a teacup. It was, you know, but it's good. It's good to have that that sort of desire and that urgency. And and if somebody doesn't do what they should do, release the ball when it, when someone's in a better position. You're entitled as a professional to have a go at them, and then mm. let it blow over. Let the manager deal with it, and then move on. Rebecca, all Sadia Amarni has to do is look at the league table, and I'm sure he will be feeling very much happier about
2: life.
1: Jürgen Klopp, understandably, playing it down. That Mm. actually will be the topic of our boot room segment, our new segment on a Sunday morning, coming up after the 8 o'clock hour, about the dynamic in a dressing room, when a couple of players fall out, going to get into these (laughs) two and when that's ever happened. Um, But the title race, gentlemen, here we are in almost September.
2: Mm.
1: Or are we in September? Either way, (laughs) we we are very early in the season. um, And these two are almost out of sight.
2: Yep, setting the pace again. Liverpool have been perfect so far. And... I have to say, Rebecca, the 13 straight league wins is, is something that actually surprised me. When you think of the Shankleys, the Paisleys, the Dalglishes, the great Liverpool team of the past, this team have gone one step better. And what I would say about this team, the one accolade I claimed give them, they are the most resilient Liverpool team we've had in the Premier League. They go to places now and if you want to fight like Burnley, they'll have a fight with you and they'll still win games.
1: That's a big accolade considering how, like you say, mm. how many good Liverpool teams have been in the Premier League yeah. with the likes of Rafa Benitez as well. Um, we don't know the extent of Laporte's injury. Mm. How much are you concerned if that does keep him out for a number of weeks in Manchester City's perspective?
3: Really concerned. Uh Rob mentioned that company's gone, and that's leadership. I think Laporte's a better defender in, in his sort of totality of being able to bring the ball out of the back, very calm, smooth, left-footed player on that side. Don't have another left-footed center back that they're going to feel comfortable can bring the ball out. John Stone's um, injured right now, but also still not the player that they they wanted to buy and just inconsistent. So that stability is gone from from a team that requires it with how risky they are in, in playing 1v1 in the back line. But Manchester City... You know, Fernandinho has gone back there before. It, it's just, it will hurt them, but it's, you know, Liverpool, this is the best Liverpool team ever, but Manchester City still are, are winning titles. I just think they still have a little cushion.
2: And at the other end of the pitch, City, 14 goals already. They don't know score them.
1: One word answer, who's been better so far?
2: Liverpool. Oh, that's hard. One word.
1: He <laughs> failed? It's I failed at
3: Liverpool. Frank, a game that
2: at half-time certainly looked very much in your control. What happened after then from your perspective? But it was under control, um, so it's our fault, because we uh, gifted them a goal in the first minute of the second half. Um, and then it makes the game more difficult, so it gave them a feeling that they were back in it. Similar story to some other games we've played already, and um, and then they fought to the end and they got their goal at the end. So, yeah, we we gave away a game that should have been very, very comfortable and made it difficult, and, uh, and we lost two points through that. Well Chris, just how satisfactory was that at the end of today? Yeah, it's a great result for us,
7: you know. I think we have to put it into perspective. We were we were three years ago we were bottom of league one. And now we've we feel that, you know, on our second half performance we've come away from Stamford Bridge, Chelsea with a with a result, so I'm delighted for everybody connected to the football club, most importantly the supporters. So both
1: Chelsea and Manchester United yesterday led. Look like they have a game one. Mm and ended up drawing, which for those fans will feel like defeat, Robbie. Yeah. Um, which set of fans, or which manager, should be feeling more alarmed by what happened yesterday?
2: Chelsea, a little bit, Rebecca. 2-0 up against a promoted team. Um, yes, there's young players in the side, but there's also some experienced players, some title winners in there. And that's when you're hoping that they'll work with the young players. Chelsea should allowed... Sheffield United to come back into the game. Frank said it there. They were controlling the match and let that control go. Now, they're young players. They've got to learn on the job. They've got to get some consistency and they've got to start to use it as an experience. We talk about experience and know-how. Well, that comes sometimes through bad situations. That was a bad situation for Chelsea. We've got to hope in four or five weeks we're not talking about the same thing or else changes are going to have to come.
1: Patience is a big word in football. There isn't often a lot of it. Chelsea fans are going to have to have patience with this transition. Mm -hmm. Manchester United fans have had to have a lot of patience since we've started showing the Premier League and (laughs) now into our seventh season. And that has to continue for the the Man United fans.
3: And in a strange way, um, rivals of Manchester United, people that are neutrals, I have to be patient, waiting for Manchester United to be back to a club that they can dislike again in that way. You know, I mean, it's 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 something you enjoy, even as a rival, to see Manchester United battling for titles and being up there. And it's just such a strange thing that I look at Chelsea and I think, yeah, alarmed in that maybe things aren't getting picked up, but I see bright spots of Rudiger's coming back soon, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Mason Mount gets in the England team, Tammy Abraham scoring. Um, you know, Chelsea are, or what, what happens when you can't spend money. Manchester United are what happens when you spend money terribly.
1: Let's go to South London. What an eventful afternoon mm-hmm. at Selhurst, Robbie
2: yep Yeah, we saw Red carded in the 54th minute. Rebecca Trezeguet, who's already on a yellow for foul on Joel Ward, goes and tries to win a ball from Wilford Zaha. Under the nose of the linesman, I'm the referee. You can see there, clearly doesn't get the ball, gets the man, gets his second yellow, has to go down to the dressing room. It did help Palace, I have to say, down to 10 men, Villa. billy Dunaya does well, wriggles away from Grealish and Mings, finds the back of the net, Palace 1-0 up. And then all the fun and games started, Rebecca Lowe, so I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: <laughs> this is when Jack Grealish, in stoppage time, goes into the box and goes down. The referee blows his whistle, you might have just heard that, before the goal was scored by Lansbury. And the ref blows for simulation dive by Grealish before the goal is scored. So VAR cannot look at the goal because the referee blew his whistle before the ball hit the back of the net. And by the way, the Premier League match centre confirmed that that was an error by Kevin Friend. VAR can look and did look at whether it was in fact a penalty. They decided it wasn't a penalty on Jack Grealish and it was no clear and obvious error was made by the omission of giving a penalty. However, arguably an error was made with Friend's decision that Grealish died. But, crucially, VAR, and everyone needs to realise, cannot review that simulation decision because it does not fall under their jurisdiction. It is a complicated situation. We will discuss it in a moment after we've heard from Dean Smith, the Villa Manager.
3: Dean, you've just been watching a a, a replay of that moment right at the end where you thought your side had equalised. What are your thoughts on it?
7: The goal should have stood. I can't see why it didn't. Um, Jax gets a nudge in the back, and then Gary Cahill comes in for the tackle when he's on on the way down and he slides it off to Henry, who puts it in the back of the net. I don't see what's wrong with it. Can can you
3: see at all what the referee has has seen there?
2: Well, I didn't know what it was at the time. I thought he'd give us a free kick, Um, you know, but I think his performance was was pretty poor all game, you know, in in my opinion. He's human, he makes mistakes, and he's made a big one there today.
1: Carl, I think there are many. Situations here, but one of the most important things for everyone to realize is we understand that it was probably an error. Most people agree that Grealish did not dive, Mm -hmm. but this is a Kevin Friend error. This Mm -hmm. is not a VAR error because it was Kevin Friend who blew the whistle. Too early, too soon, they are told not to blow the whistle until they let the the whole thing situation play out, and then VAR could have had a look. But he didn't, and it was a referee error. We are in danger of blaming everything (laughs) on VAR now that VAR is present.
3: Sure. Yeah, we want VAR to be this panacea that fixes absolutely everything. There's never an injustice ever again. the, the, the call of it being a dive instead of a no call is one decision. And then maybe being a penalty is a different decision. It happens. It, it happened before. VAR's not there to, f- to fix that. There, there's going to be decisions referees make that's not in VAR jurisdiction. They can't affect and referees get wrong. Where, where VAR could have come in is this is the next mistake Kevin Friend makes is. Okay, that's not a dive. The next mistake is just hold on because Mm. VAR can help Mm. you out here. It's here to help give you more information because I'll tell you, a referee job, I'd never do it in a million years. It is the hardest job to, in live time, with fast pace going on, your view blocked, make these calls. So he didn't just delay, which is what he was supposed to do, so the goal could stand and then you could go say, was that a good goal or not based
2: on the information I might have missed?
1: Oh, what do you think?
2: Absolutely. It's a referee now, Rebecca, and the reason that we wanted VAR, the reason that I think we all po- getting um, positive vibes about VAR, is that it gives a referee more evidence, more information to make his decisions. If, if Kevin Friend just allows that to run to the goal, he gets a chance to look at it, he gets a chance to go to the side, yeah. and we wouldn't be having this discussion.
3: I don't forget, these guys, it's new to these referees. That's yeah. That's yeah, right. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he's, he's trying to yeah. remind himself, they have to think so quickly. Yeah. He doesn't have time to pause and say, oh, wait, I've been told this season, even though I've been doing this yeah. job for a long time, that I'm not supposed to do what I've been doing forever.
1: Indeed, it's also a pilot. We have to give human yeah. beings, Kevin Friend yeah. is a human being, yeah. he made an error. We're four games in to this season. You probably forgot in the moment that an there error was somebody. Every there. You do make an error every weekend. And we're right. in our seventh year. You're <laughs> Probably not
2: feeling too good this morning either, No, exactly. Right. And
1: they are human beings. It's and a also, good reference. So is VAR a human being? We should give them get all that. It is mind. not a computer system. Yeah, indeed. Now time for our new segment, The Boot Room. We thought this would be a good topic conversation, two ex-pros here in the studio, about when, whether it's a manager and a player, like we saw with Pep Guardiola and Sergio Aguero a couple of weeks ago, whether it's within teammates themselves. when they have a little moment uh, on the pitch in full view of everybody. Um, Robbie Earle, I mean, we do see Pep and Aguero yeah. hug shortly and, and apparently do. have made up, but this can look... Almost worse than it even is.
2: A little bit to the untrained eye, Rebecca. Those are the kind of things that you get in a look behind the curtains. The kind of things that happen on a daily basis in and around a football club. But we don't often see public. We see the two of them coming together and, and hugging it out, and, and there's, there's no problem. Aguero's back scoring, so you, you kind of feel that like it wasn't maybe a major issue.
1: You say the untrained eye, and that's what's really interesting because you guys have been on the training ground, Kyle. When I, as with my untrained eye, see this body language from Mane towards Salah because he didn't pass him the ball, and by the way, Mane had already scored and Salah hadn't in the game yesterday. And then when Mane is substituted and he's still angry and <laughs> raging at everybody, including <laughs> Salah, I think, oh, something. Going on yeah.
8: here
1: well,
3: if you saw what goes on on the training ground, I think you'd be terrified. You know, Really? Yeah. I mean, you have to remember the the, the stakes, that the individuals working within a, a a dynamic chemistry of a bunch of individuals battling for spots but pulling in the same direction. It, it, it's com- it's a combustible situation that um, can boil over. But most 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 times it boils over off the field. And it's the speed of recovery that's remarkable for professionals. It's how quickly we can get on and say, sorry, I punched you in the face. You know, sorry, I didn't pass you the ball. (laughs) We're, we're going to be all right. Um, I think the same mechanism that has us not hear the person saying, you know, I'm the worst player ever and my hair, you know, down my shoulders makes me look like a Hanson brother and like you shouldn't play soccer while I'm taking a corner kick is the same thing I think that makes you forget you're doing all of this in front of people when you fight with your manager or fight with. So sometimes you kind of forget you're in front of 50, 50, 60,000 people. And you, and you do it.
1: Were you being you being shouted at when you took corners so that you looked like a I had a,
3: I had a decent haircut at one did point. I did look like the you fourth so brother. You're
1: wearing socks today. Last week he didn't wear socks. I got He's all, all in today. So we got improved. But we've been life. in the scraps,
2: and we know that they
3: quickly. Correct.
2: Yeah. We, we quickly.
1: So tell us about it. stuff.
2: Well, it's interesting, back because in the normal workplace, some of the things you see, you know, would be down to HR and everybody be so. In a football club, that's OK. That's how things are sorted out. Sometimes those are good things. Sometimes those sort out issues. You think in, Hang- it-
1: in every club or just in the crazy gang? Away? Well,
2: in every club. Really? It, the crazy gang are a little bit different. So in our, in our environment, Rebecca, that would happen on a regular basis. There were days when we'd sit back, let the two of them get on, sort it out. There were days we'd go in and say, ah, oh, come on, calm down, leave it alone. But Cal hits a really good point. The, the speed with which that's forgotten, the speed at which humour's brought into, ooh, you two having a go, all that turns into something that b- bonds you together again. And, and what's really interesting about the, these two instances and these two players, are they're from the two top clubs mm-hmm. who have least to worry about, really? They're flying at the moment, yet the competitive edge is there, the, the, they want to, the will to win, they want to be the top man, and that's quite a good thing, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: almost... It, it's it's necessary. It, mm. it, it's a healthy thing. It's like a check engine light. It's yeah. like a, hey, this is going on. Mm. We got to get it out. And you hope it doesn't happen on the field, but it's going to happen on the field. Some people don't shake the manager's hand when they come off for something and it's dealt with afterwards. I'll give you one story inside the locker room of we were in a tough moment with the Galaxy and Abel Xavier, obviously a, a seasoned international to Portugal and, and and all over different leagues. Um, we had a clear the air talk. And it was everyone, the whole team, no coaches. Beckham was sitting there. Landon was sitting there. Abel Xavier was sitting there. And our goalkeeper, Joe Cannon, was sitting there. And Abel called out Landon in front of everyone, saying he, wasn't, you know, he wasn't, wasn't pulling his weight. wasn't. And it was kind of like, whoa, I can't believe he just did that. And, and Landon was fine. Landon was like, all right, let's have this out. But, but the goalkeeper tried to stand up and get in between. And Abel said, you sit down. I'll get to you in a second. <laughs> and it was like, and I looked over at Bex, and and we were all like, whoa, this is, this is really <laughs> happening. And, and we played so well that weekend, and it was gone. And we were, we were, we were back on track. It was We were glad Al bell brought it out in us, because you yeah. need it sometimes.
2: Okay. Come on. Oh, give uh, us one. got a better this one, one, one than that. This, this, what, this, this, one. this one. My first season, I've come from Little Port Vale into big old Wimbledon. All the big characters are there. We're away at Bristol City, losing in the Cup, a, a midweek, a League Cup game, losing at halftime, 1-0. John Flashnew, who was built like a, a, a Goliath, yeah. Decides that we need to have a row. We need to have a collective row to get things going. So he goes to the light, switches the light switch off, and mayhem. I'm under the table seeing all kind of things going on. Light gets back switched on. We go out. We play the game. That was what sorted out it, there was no discussion. there was no you're not doing this." Well, what went was,
1: on when the lights went out
2: it was what, it, it was people, a bundle a punch it, up. it was a punch up a, a physical in a get dark. yourself going in the dark, so you didn't so kind of know you're you. just punching and getting someone oh and God. getting the blood by going the way, by the way, I would full on be like. <laughs> 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 don't hit me in the
1: face. <laughs> That's
2: incredible. I mean, and, uh, you guys were crazy. That sorted things out.
1: Have you ever experienced when the, you said you don't hold grudges and that everyone no, moves on? quickly? No. Have either of you ever experienced a time where there is an ongoing dislike between yeah, players? So a so really good get point. Front. And by
2: the way, on that situation, the manager has to come in, has to deal right. with it because it is becoming detrimental to the group. If the two are not too happy, that that's okay. There were always rumors, weren't there, that Teddy Sheringham and Andy Cole played together but didn't necessarily get on. And, and you can have teammates who you're not as friendly with, but if it becomes detrimental to the team, if, if somebody's not passing, if somebody's making bad decisions on the pitch, then the manager needs and, to come in.
3: And whether, whether you're top of the table or bottom, here's what always happens. You have to realize is there are never there are never more than 13 happy players at once. Hmm. You know, you're, you, all you want to do is play. And, and sometimes you lose the context of team because you can be selfish because you want to play. You want to be out there. And, and sometimes it's the talented players that think, I should be playing, regardless of if I trained poorly or I haven't scored in a while. And if that gets too bad and a manager yeah. can't handle that, someone's gone. I mean, you, you can't affect a group. I mean, Sir, Sir yeah. Alex Ferguson did this better than anyone to say, I'm sorry. You, you are even as good as you are. You are not going to ruin my locker room and the chemistry of this team for us.
1: Kyle, have you ever done anything in the dressing room or in training where you got? I mean, obviously you have. (laughs) Have you you ever been on the end of somebody getting mad at you? Uh,
3: I had had a player go go after me (laughs) at one time in a a bad way that could have injured me pretty badly. That created a. Why did
1: they go after you?
3: um, It was. uh, Was it it, It was the hair. Yeah, it wasn't. No, no. it no, it's just it was it was competitive. He didn't like same kind of thing. He didn't like I was getting I was getting uh, attention. I was getting into the um, to the, the national team. He wasn't, and all sorts of things. But I, one thing I did that I'm absolutely embarrassed about, there was a young player coming along at one point who was chipping at my heels the whole the whole practice and and doing what a young player needs to do to get in the side. And I was just having a bad. I mean, I was just playing badly. I was having a bad month. and I gave him a. <gasps> yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and big, big old black eye. And and I immediately was like, oh what is wrong with me? <laughs> and, the, and the next day, sitting there in his locker with his black yeah. eye, and I was like, what what on earth is wrong with me <laughs> no, that
2: I that to
1: poor kid? Well, listen, we talked about the hair and the abuse you got when you used to take corner kicks. I mean, we can't not look at oh. you. I mean, you are... You are is a handsome it, brother. I, I mean, that it's, is the amazing. Shoelace. it's the shoelace yeah.
3: that really got me all days. the stick.
1: <laughs> Was it genuinely a shoelace?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, my mom made it for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant stuff, guys. Thank you. It's so interesting. Love hearing about uh, the behind-the-scenes in a football mm-hmm. dressing room.
7: Iber, of course, you were looking for a win today, but when you're 2-0 down, is a point a good result?
4: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think in the first half, we deserve to to score maybe two goals but then yeah that's what happened uh, but uh, but we are maybe not happy but uh, I think uh, we did a great job we we played well it was a tough game and yeah I think we we deserve maybe more tonight.
7: How much do you feel you contributed to your own downfall in that Tottenham's goals you could have done much better for?
4: Yeah uh, I think so I think uh, after those two goals uh, uh we start to be under pressure so we 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 try to to push a lot and uh like i scored the, the first one and, and then in the second half we we had some chances and uh, we scored the, the second one i think we have the uh, space to score a third one but uh yeah i think uh, as i said uh, it was a tough game so yeah it's a it's a it's a draw tonight
7: do you think the timing of Lacazette's goal was crucial to give you something?
4: Of course, that was so important. I think uh, because you know when uh, when you when you go for the in the dressing room with the, with the goal, it's always uh, positive. So everybody in his mind uh, know that uh, that we have more power and we will come back stronger in the second half. So I think it was really crucial to, to, to come back.
7: Beautiful strikers finish from you for your goal. How good was the ball though from Matthew Guendouzi?
4: Great pass. Uh, he just uh, looked at me, and you uh, know that I'm, I'm going to run. So the ball was perfect, and uh, yeah, I have to say, yeah, uh, the goal deserves to, to to his pass. When you scored, you switched from out
7: wide to central. Does that underline once again that you are more dangerous running the central striker's position? Do you prefer it there?
4: Yeah, as as, as I always said, I, 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 I like to play striker, but uh, when the when the team needs me on the on the wing, that's a uh, no matter, I go and I, I try my best. Thanks
7: for your time. Well done tonight. Thank you.
1: Kyle, which set of fans are happier tonight? Arsenal, Spurs?
3: Uh, our, uh, Arsenal fans. Yeah, I think that the comeback and what they saw in the second half from their their team, I don't think I've seen the Emirates rocking like that in a while. And there, there was about a 20-minute spell where, where, I mean, they were just pretty irresistible. It looked like they were going to go ahead. seemed like they did, but the goal was called back rightly. Um, It's just the balance of the second half is what they want. They were winning the ball high up the field. They were isolating players in wide positions. Their defenders were dealing with the rare situation that they broke through the lines and handled that well or intercepted and created the sort of the counter-counter attack. And and if you want to play risky and if you want to be the Arsenal that they love to be attacking wise, that's what you have to do in the second half. They just have to keep that level and be able to to maintain it. But I think Arsenal fans will say, I saw saw enough there to be Kind i of excited about what we've got here.
1: From Tottenham's perspective, Robbie, this yeah. season so far, how do you assess it now?
2: I suppose, listen, at 2-0 in the first half, Rebecca was saying, wow, this is is back to the Spurs that we thought we were going to see at the start of the season. It'll be disappointing. You know, having been 2-0 up, away from home, yes, and an all and derby, but yeah, they'd expect to win the game. um There's there's been little cracks, but I think there was enough there for Pochettino to say, I can work on Ericsson getting the goal. Their counters and and their transitions were really quick. They had lots of shots on on target. Better day, better finishing. They maybe got a few more goals. But um, I do agree with Kyle's second half. I thought the structure of Arsenal shows what could be available to to, to Unai Amri and his team. The model for Arsenal is Liverpool Football Club. They went with the front three first. They got them in place. He built a midfield behind them. He got a goalkeeper and a centre-back, and now they're flying. Maybe Arsenal might have to do the same, get better in those defensive areas in midfield areas, but they've got enough in the, in the front areas of the pitch, Rebecca, to be challenging at the top.
1: Is the goalkeeper good enough?
2: I'm not sure. Um, I think we're talking maybe a minile min- or a carrier where... Deep down, you, you probably have to go to the next level if they want to really compete at the top.
3: One thing that was crazy, well, I, I think some of the defenders, the centre-backs continues to be an issue. And, and whether you have the right goalie or not, you're going to... It's kind of like the, David De Gea was the best goalkeeper in the world for a while, but they didn't have good centre-backs at Manchester United. If you want to be that free-flowing if you want those three players flying forward I mean it has to be stable in the back line but I just some of that game I couldn't believe how open it was it was like not a, not a hundred yard dash it was like a thousand yard dash they collapsed <laughs> at the end they were so exhausted
7: Maurizio possibly before the game with the injuries you had and all the problems a draw might have looked like a very good result what do you say now having been 2-0 up
8: no I think uh... We made a, b- a great game. It was a great game uh, for <laughs> from, uh, both sides. Uh, fantastic game. Um, I think we did very well. Um, I think um, we were very solid. Uh, we created a lot of chances. I uh, think first half um, was a fantastic 45 minutes. Was a little bit ashamed to concede in the last action of the first half. Tadas gave the belief uh, to Arsenal, and of course was um, emotional was uh, tough for the team. Uh, we tried to lift them on the half time uh, and then we start really well, we create some chances, clear chances we two one um, I think was to to score the third. But you know very well, the quality of uh, Arsenal is, uh, is so high. They have an unbelievable player and always they try to create uh, chances and we concede in, uh, one goal in the second half 2 two on the end. That showed that uh, you know uh, the team is always important to be relaxed, to be calm, to be focused, um, uh, working hard. Um, I think I am so happy because tomorrow is going to finish the transfer window. And show that uh, that show that um, um, to have the good balance and and be strong and together and be compact um, because we have massive quality uh, we need to be all in the same page and hope from start we are going to start from tomorrow uh, being all in the same uh, page working hard to try to start um, to win games and be in a position that we deserve to be.
7: Do you almost feel like? Tomorrow, it can't come soon enough for you, and it is a line in the sand, a new beginning for you, because it takes away the uncertainty. You said to us before the game, you don't expect certainly Christian Eriksen to be going anyway.
8: No, of course, uh, but like you say, um, we need to wait. But that showed that Christian was right, um, was right our decision to to make uh, to play in him. Um, you know, I think it's important. Um, it's important play for the team and, and today they show they, they had a great performance and helped the team to, to achieve one point here that always is difficult. Um, but yes, of course, now looking forward, very optimistic, very positive. Uh, I am so happy with the, the squad that we have, uh, for sure. Only we can improve from, I think we were um, nearly on the floor. And uh, now uh, from there, uh, we are going to improve. Um, I think um, I am so optimistic. I am so happy that tomorrow close the transfer window and start to work uh, with the squad that we are going to, um, uh, to try to fight for big things, trying to achieve big things for our club. You say
7: we were nearly on the floor. Those things that contributed to that, do you think in your meeting with Daniel Levy in the week, you have resolved everything?
8: No, now the most important is, is to start to talk and uh, what happened in the in the past is in the past now um, you cannot fix. The most important is to settle the, the, the basis and, and a strong line, a strategy for the future uh, to try to avoid. Uh, avoid uh, situations, issues, problems, to try to avoid, um, you know, circumstances that is going to affect the, the club, it's going to affect the team, it's going to affect our fans. And uh, after five years now we start our sixth uh, season. I think it's no common sense uh, to start the season how we start. And of course, uh, the first uh, you need to be criticized with yourself. But uh, it's so important to to move on. To of course to to learn from the from the past, and that is the most important. After to to meeting with him, um, that we need to learn, and we need to. I think uh, start to work. Um, Really, really tough to design a strategy to put uh, Tottenham again in, in, the, in the level that we deserve to be.
7: Quite often, the manager sets the tone, the level as to the feeling around the club. You look and sound much happier than you have had for a long time. Would that be accurate?
8: Yes, because I've seen when you are not happy or when you... Uh, um, show your emotion, you cannot sorry, you cannot uh, keep your emotion inside, uh, you show because you care when you care about the club, you care about the, the, the team, you care about the, your fans, you care uh, on the end about your job. Uh, um, you know, uh, when you start to feel that it's not right, it's not easy um, uh, to, to, to be a clown or to, to laugh or to, to have the best, uh, to put the best face in front of everyone I am like a, I am. I am very emotional, um, you know, but that is, be, is that is why we care a lot about And <laughs> that is why uh, we are going to start the sixth season, because we care a lot about Tottenham and the fans know very well that when we are upset, when we are not uh, happy enough, it's because something is going on in behind that you want to fix. And we want to fix to try to give the the happiness to our family that is
1: our fans. He said a lot in that Mm. interview, but also not a huge amount. He he, he talked about, he admitted (laughs) to not being happy, Carl, and now he's a lot happier because whatever was happening behind the scenes has been fixed. Is that just the Christian Eriksson situation? What what are you reading into what he's saying there?
3: (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what he's trying to say there. We know... Listen, all isn't fixed. We know that because um, Spurs are not keeping up with the two best clubs in the Premier League right now that seem to have uh, increased the distance between Spurs ambitions and what, Liverpool and Manchester City are capable of the, the new stadium has has taken a lot of resources away from and this goes back you know 3 years from a project that could have been invested in more so that they'd be right there with those teams and as the most consistent team in the Premier League since Pochettino's been there it's got to be frustrating for him and I think he's he started the first couple seasons where he wouldn't say anything. And, and we thought, man, it's impressive. Where every other manager saying, I can't believe I'm not getting enough money. He's not saying anything. And then finally started kind of poking a little bit. And I think we saw the culmination of that recently, but it also coincides with players like Erickson saying, I've kind of had enough and I don't have to like you say the company line. I, I can, I can ask to leave. So he's just in a really difficult situation. And I think he sees that maybe it's getting better and they can work it out behind the scenes.
1: He does seem very happy. I mean, they just threw mm. away a two-goal lead, so yeah. there's something else that's making him happy.
2: Possibly, I, I thought it was fascinating, Rebecca. It was one of those situations where I'd love to get him on our soft set over there, give him a cup of tea, sit down. It looks to me like he he wants to tell you, he wants to share what's going on in the football club, and I think there has been some issues. Whether it's Ericsson, whether Vitongan's not got the, the contract he wants, whether other players or transfer targets he he, were, he was after. The thing about Pochettino is when things have been difficult, he's got his head down, he's concentrated on his squad and they've still got results. And Daniel Levy is going to want that now. He hasn't given him a lot of money in the past. He gave him 120 odd million this summer to spend. I think Levy's going to say, that's enough. Now let's get on again.
1: Okay. so four games in, we're going to start with their favourite new face of the campaign. Robbie, go first.
2: Temu Puki, Rebecca of Norwich City, who's come to the Premier League and just surprised people, really. He's been, you know, all due respect to what we'd call a journeyman striker in the past. He's had a number of clubs, played in lower leagues, played in Scotland for a while, but he's come into the Premier League, got himself five goals, a hat trick against Newcastle recently, and absolutely, looks support looks like he, he, he deserves to be here, he's very comfortable here, and he's going to get somewhere near 20 goals this year.
3: Like
1: you say, 29 years old, he's mm. finally made it to the Premier League. Huh?
3: I'm going to go a little younger uh, with Daniel James. Mm. And I just, not only coming into a Manchester United side and, and showing that you can handle it, but showing that you can produce. I mean, some of the goals that he, he he's been able to score, especially this one, just... Rifles one into the corner, and and also the joy that he has, where every goal he celebrates it with such great importance. You, you can tell how much it means to him to wear that jersey and be a part of the team. He's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, his first season in the big time. Daniel James' favorite goal, Rob.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Daniel James, I, I, and it's his goal for Manchester United. When you think the Beckett, he was he was a kid at Swansea, he hasn't had an awful lot of football. This is on his first appearance. For Manchester United in the Premier League and he gets his first goal, came on as a second half substitute. So, he's going to get better goals, but there won't be many that he remembers more than that. And look at that celebration in front of the Man United fans. That's the stuff that dreams are made of.
1: certainly is. Just 21 years old and in the goals very much this season. Kyle?
2: I'm going with Harvey Barnes. Oh,
3: I'll tell you, as, as Earl and I will laugh, <laughs> many of us try this all <laughs> the time. And you do not catch it as sweetly as that, and you could actually see your, your hip flexor go into the fourth row. And he catches this so sweetly. The timing to see it come out of the air, to catch it off the bounce, to hammer it, I mean, that that's a goal.
1: It's a beautiful that's goal. Nice. Okay. Biggest surprise of this first month. Robbie, you go first.
2: The underwhelming spirit around Tottenham Hotspur, Rebecca, a team that got to the Champions League final at the end of last year, spent over £120 in in the summer, uh, have have got signings, are in the new home. It's a team that I thought would work and get closer to Liverpool. They they were a 25 gap between them and, and Spurs finishing third last season. It just hasn't quite come together, has it? It just feels a little bit negative at the moment. And Pochettino doesn't quite feel like his man... I think he needs to sit down a good cup of tea and he needs to tell me his problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> share with Earl. Who's your surprise?
2: I'm, t- I'm,
3: I'm going to share with Earl and I'm going to take <laughs> that one, too, because it's, it's the prediction you feel the safest about every single year. I mean, steady Spurs mm-hmm. just right there. Boom, 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 finishing third. And we've watched them come close recently. I remember going back a few seasons when we were at Stoke and, and mm. they won that game and we thought, man, they might be able to go on and do it. I'd, for the first time, I'm just not sure what Spurs we're going to see. And every week, I feel I feel different about them. So transfer window is done tomorrow. So yeah. at least we know it's going to be a Spurs
2: without with Erickson or without Erickson. I guess that's the
1: only had, thing had we're going to know. Had they held on to the two 0 lead at Arsenal today, would you have? Oh, been New York City! Yeah. I would have been like Absolutely. they're back. They're fine. Yeah. Spurs
2: can win the title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pundits on NBC. <laughs> That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?